Welcome to this special edition of the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. This is Robert Craig, Executive Director of Citizen Action of Wisconsin. We're actually taping this podcast early because our intrepid producer, Brian Woolridge, has a big concert, I believe, in the Twin Cities. He's nodding yes. He's not quite to the Paul Schaefer level of talking during the podcast. And so we taped a special interview on a topic we've wanted to talk about for a long time. Citizen Action Wisconsin has a program on preventing youth substance use and abuse. And I know a lot of progressives don't usually consider that kind of a hot button issue for progressives. And so part of the purpose of this is to explain why you should care about this, why this actually should be a progressive issue, and why we should take a progressive perspective on something that is a huge public health problem here in the state of Wisconsin and nationally. And to lead into our discussion, we have the organizer who's in charge of the program at Citizen Action, Eric Kirkstein. Hello. And Eric will be joined by uh, someone in the field, Anthony Alvarado, who is working on this on the ground up in the, in the Fox Cities. And so, Anthony, thanks for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for having me. So I'm going to pitch it to Eric, and Eric is going to lead our conversation. I'll just ask the kind of Columbo question, since I know the least of anyone in the podcast. Uh, so, Eric, take it away. Great. Well, thank you, Robert. So hello, everyone. My name is Eric Kirkstein, and I'm the healthcare organizer here at Citizen Action. And as Robert alluded to, um, Citizen Action has taken on a really kind of a, a new, bold initiative over the last year that I've been uh, kind of helping spearhead. And um, our major focus is, is addressing one of the, the pr- primary uh, public health issues facing the state of Wisconsin right now, and that's addiction and um, substance abuse. I'm, as most of our, our Listeners likely know you pick up a newspaper pretty much anywhere in the state of Wisconsin these days, and uh, there's always a headline about whether it's prescription drug abuse or heroin overdoses, um, that this epidemic has really uh, reached a critical mass in the state. And so, you know, Citizen Action is, and and, uh, we're taking on this issue primarily because you know, this is a critical healthcare challenge, and and our focus primarily um, is is to work on this in in the field of youth prevention. And the main reasons for that, of course, is that you know we're seeing a, a serious human cost. Um, you know, we believe every obviously every young person uh, should have the opportunity to live out their dreams, and that means making sure that that risky substance use isn't getting in the way of that. And what we know is is that nine in ten adults who meet the medical criteria for addiction, you know, whether that is alcohol or other drugs, you know, begin using those drugs before they're 18 years old. Um, and we're seeing the direct consequence of that right now in the state as as overdoses continue to rise to near epidemic proportions. Um, but this is also a major issue for healthcare. You know, the healthcare being one of Citizen Action's banner campaigns. Um, this fits in in the sense that you know the the cost to our healthcare system associated with risky substance use and addiction is really astronomical. I mean, a recent report, for example, showed that underage drinking cost per year cost the state of Wisconsin $900 million a year. Um, so this really fits into uh, where healthcare is going in this country in terms of with a much more emphasis on preventative care and preventative services. So, uh, you know, like any medical condition, you know, early prevention is obviously uh, critical to identifying uh, any potential problems early. I think we've all heard the phrase, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And that extends, you know, from anything, whether it's cancer, uh, diabetes, or even things that are considered medical conditions like addiction and substance use. So what we're doing is we're really working to make sure that every kid in Wisconsin has the opportunity to both meet with somebody early to have conversations about uh, potential substance use, and if there's an issue, have somebody there to be able to offer them the support to get them back on track 
before this becomes a major health issue that could really impact their success later in life. So uh, one of the major focuses uh, that we're working on recently is on schools. I mean, we know that you know, young people spend nearly 50% of their waking hours every week in a school environment, uh, which really offers a, a great opportunity to begin having these conversations in a both confidential way and a proactive way. Um, you know, unlike forced drug testing, which is kind of an outdated model that uh, is much more punitive, you know, we're looking at a much more progressive solution, which involves you know one-on-one -on -one conversations and and really putting students at the center of how they make decisions about their health. So. To that end, we uh, have been building a coalition all across the state, including our guest today, Anthony Alvarado from Rise Together, who we recently released a report with to the media, which uh, really examines some survey results that they were able to gather from uh, nearly 3,000 students in Wisconsin about students' opinions about their own personal potential challenges with substance use and how they feel that you know uh, us as advocates in the state of Wisconsin uh, need to be doing to address this growing health crisis. So. Anthony, um, I want to thank you for joining us today, and maybe to start things off, if you could share a bit about uh, you know who you are and who Rise Together is. Thank you so much for having me on this today, and I just wanted to introduce myself to everybody. My name is Anthony Alvarado, and I am the president of Rise Together, and we're an advocacy-based organization that's based out of Wisconsin, and over the last two years, we've done over about roughly 300 presentations. We've partnered with 150 different schools and we've educated um, over 70,000 people on issues of substance abuse, addiction, and mental health awareness. Um, so as we continue to move forward into the day, we continue to focus on prevention, education, and furthering that awareness so we can bring hope back to this epidemic that not only our state is facing, but also our nation. Um, it's been really great working with everyone in part of the coalition. I think we're doing some absolutely phenomenal work, and we're going to continue to do so. And I hope today I can share some of the key findings that we found in the surveys. Great. Um, so, Anthony, uh, you know, maybe just for uh, a little bit of history, what, what has brought you to this work? I mean, what, what, is, uh, what makes you uh, an advocate for um, you know, reaching young people about the, the dangers of uh, risky substance use? September 12th of 2013, when Rise Together got started, uh, me and Douglas Darby, which is the other co-founder, I got together and started to spark some ideas around advocacy and spreading a positive message around recovery. We realized there was a lot of media focus around um, some of the reports that we, yes, we are facing an epidemic, but there wasn't too much talk about where the solutions are. So we wanted to go out and say, you know, with recovery being possible in regards to our own personal recovery, um, we can inspire others to do the same. So, for example, um, myself, yes, I am an addict. I do struggle with the disease of addiction, and I was in active use for nearly 11 years, from age 14 all the way to age 24. Um, I almost completely lost everything that was important to me in my life. And I just think back, if I would have had somebody positive in my life to have a conversation around some of the issues that I was struggling with, my life could have dynamically changed. Um, throughout the last seven years as I've been in recovery, um, without the treatment and the therapy and even some of the mentoring that I've had over these years, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. And what I've found by sharing that positive message of recovery, I can say things like, because I'm in recovery, I'm a good father, I'm a good friend, I'm an active member of this community. And that is inspiring others to take part in that action as well. 
Great. And, and, and that's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, Anthony, um, in the time that we've been working together, you know, you've, you've really opened uh, our eyes even more to, to just how personal this issue is. And, you know, we, we look at uh, issues around substance use and, and there's still this unfortunate kind of lingering uh, stigma about folks that, that somehow this is a personal moral failing and not a serious medical condition. I wonder, you know, over the last couple, you know, year or so, you know, you've been doing um, all this work in schools. What has been the response that you've seen from students and from parents, um, you know, when, when you're talking so, so candidly and, and honestly about, you know, what substance use really looks like? Um, you know, I, I, I ask this because, as, as I mentioned, you know, we we still hear these kind of, you know, uh, antiquated notions that you know, you, you, people who use risky substances are just addicts and, and that we shouldn't care about them and that they made bad decisions. Um, you know, Rise Together seems like they're doing a, a lot and, and we're working a lot together to kind of combat that message. Um, but I'd be really interested to hear a little bit about what kind of response you're hearing um, from young people, uh, from parents and from, uh, you know, folks in schools. I think it's really great that you brought that up because that's one of the main focuses uh, throughout the last couple of years, but especially within this year, realize that social stigma is still a huge um, issue within our society, whether that's from uh, from the public, the general public, or even students. Uh, typically, um, addicts are labeled, right? Like that it is some type of moral deficiency, or if we would just make better choices, or if we just, why don't we just quit these illicit substances to have a better life? Um, but not truly understanding that this is a disease that we're battling with, and it's going to be with us for the entirety of our lives. So what we do when we go into a conversation is we help break some of that social stigma down by helping people to understand that we're far more than just our addiction, because that's really truly only a small piece of us. But instead, you know, we have much more to offer, whether that's within our own personal lives or professional lives, even with our education. Um, if we get the treatment and the resources that we need to find recovery, it's so much more than just the quote-unquote addict. Um, and what's cool about it is that it allows our students to understand that we're people. We're all the same. We all go through struggles. We all go through our own hardships, regardless if it's substance abuse or maybe it's something else like anxiety or depression or self-harm or these other concerns that we're seeing with younger individuals and students all across the state of Wisconsin. Um, the message brings us together and unites us, and that's where you see a strong amount of advocacy within their own hallways to change the conversation around this addiction epidemic that they're seeing within their own community, with their own schools. I can tell you every single time I go into a school situation, and I've been doing this for quite some time, or at least consistently over the last couple of years, every student or even every public group can raise their hand and say, yes, I believe this is a problem in the community. Yes, I believe this is a problem in the school. And nearly every single person can also raise their hand and say, no, I don't want this to continue. But yet, when you try to ask them, well, then what is the solution? Not too many people have answers. And I think that's why awareness is so important, because it addresses the issue. It helps people understand who the addict, quote unquote, is, that it really can be anybody, because this, at this point, has impacted every part of our society, and in turn, have a little bit more sympathy or compassion for one another to reach out to those that are struggling or that are in need at some point in their life. Anthony, this is Robert. I, I want to dig in a little more to the public policy side of, of the stigma. 
as you know, there are a lot of politicians out there still that uh, use uh, drug use, drug addiction as a political football. You have proposals like drug testing people for various public benefits, like, uh, like food assistance. And the problem with that is, I want to get your perspective from my perspective, is not just you know, that it's political opportunism, but it actually drives home this message that this is a moral failing and therefore prevents people from getting help or people from being helped. And in fact, if you view, uh, a, you know, substance use as a medical condition, then substitute in a real medical condition. Say, let's screen for cancer and toss everyone with cancer off of food assistance. Of course, we'd say that's absurd. But that's essentially what you're saying once you adopt this, the, 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 the overwhelming research that this is a medical condition, not a moral failing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a struggle all throughout the system. And to be honest with you, we're quite candid in our conversation. There's a lot of myths that surround addiction, it seems like, because of how society views this, whether it's from a political standpoint or it's a social standpoint. But it's always this kind of negative connotation around us. And if we were really looking at this as a public health issue, I think things would be addressed differently. Instead, we're addressed as if we're permanently damaged goods or we can only get better if we hit rock bottom or that we want to live this certain way or maybe even limiting us or suppressing us that we're lazy and dumb and we don't have the right type of mentality to even get the help. And unfortunately, from what I've seen, even from our society, I hear horrible comments about people that are struggling with addiction where people will literally come out and say things like, that we're better off without them, you know, just let them die, just, just let them, you know, basically excluded from our community. And that hurts my heart, because that's more of a conversation of hate. Um, and we also know that we're in a world where we're incarcerating people that struggle with an addiction as well, which is a whole other topic. Um, but it's one of the only solutions that has been provided over the last 40 years instead of, you know, increasing treatment and other options in regards to prevention and interventional-based programs. Yep, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, this issue is, is, if there's one somewhat positive thing that's come out of this epidemic is that more and more people are, are slowly, I think, starting to wake up to the fact that, look, we've tried the failed war on drugs for how long now? Spent tons and tons of millions of dollars. We've done just say no campaigns. We've, we've come to the point now where I, I, I have the sense that people are starting to realize that you know, we're not going to just arrest our way out of this. I mean, it, it's not... You know, this is this is an issue, not an issue of criminal justice, but rather an issue of public health. And you know, a lot of the work that we're doing right now on on trying to do early kind of uh, verbal screening and intervention programs, really wellness screenings with young people early, um, is as I think a positive step towards really trying to overcome this this outdated stigma. So to that end, uh, Anthony. I'd love to just kind of go right into uh, the report that we did together, um, and uh, you know, if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit about you know how how this report was put together, um, and, and some of the key conclusions, and uh, we can talk a bit more about that. Yeah. So over uh, last year, we were able to survey a number of students, uh, nearly three thousand students across the state of Wisconsin from a number of different counties, and the responses were quite awesome. And the reason I say that is because what I found is year over year, we're finding that students are being more open and honest about this conversation. And I think that it even extends back to the previous conversation we just had. It's allowing individuals to see some transparency between how people go about their day and how they deal with the struggles that they have 
at hand, regardless of what they are, and gets rid of some of that shame and guilt and allows people to be open and honest about their real-life situations. And because of that, we're seeing students ask for help for the very first time, which is initially why we started Rise Together. If we can encourage young individuals to ask for help and help prevent some of these risky um, behaviors earlier in their life, they're far more likely to succeed in their goals, dreams, and aspirations. So as much as that can be a motivation, we also started to pick up on some really cool things in regards to key findings. And within the surveys, we did find a couple things. Um, one of the key topics I wanted to point out right away, because it's more of a positive, um, I guess, conversation. Students are actually indeed very supportive of stronger educational uh, preventative-based programs and even incorporating interventional-based programs, which is extremely exciting. Um, from what I've heard and what the surveys are they're showing us is that those individuals are actually looking and asking for help. And looking to work with individuals from a peer support um, or a peer leadership standpoint. So they want to work with individuals that, A, have enough resources or education around the topics of substance abuse and addiction, and they're willing to have that open, honest conversation with them and work with them long term, especially with individuals that have been through it before, which is part of the reason why students find us so relatable. They trust us. They see us as more of their peer group, and they idolize us for that reason. It's not like we're coming in as some type of authority figure, although those individuals do have their part. There's a little bit more conversation going on with us as professionals versus other atmospheres. And in doing that, breaking down that conversation with them, uh, we're also finding that one out of every two Wisconsin students who have already tried some type of risky substance are continuing to use, which is putting them at an extreme risk of developing some type of substance abuse disorder. And we know if that continues, that can also lead to long-term addiction. And without the proper amount of treatment and resources in that realm or that life point, um, it's very likely that we are facing an audience where some of these audience members, our next generation, if you will, will potentially die because of the disease of addiction if we don't drastically change how we're doing um, this type of work, whether it's prevention, education, intervention, or the multitude of changes that need to happen to curb this addiction epidemic all across the board. Um, but what's somewhat frustrating, I think, for the students, to be honest with you, some of the students in the surveys have actually cited that they're dealing with a high amount of stress and, uh, and challenged even more with low self-esteem. So with that being a major detriment to their health, and well-being, um, this actually makes substance abuse far more likely. So we're talking about coping skills. We're talking about having a more positive conversation with these individuals long-term at an earlier stage in their life. Thank you, Anthony, for, for that great summation. And, um, you know, just to let our listeners know where they could uh, potentially go to read more on the report that we put together and, and see some of this, do you want to share that real quick? Yeah, you can simply go right to weallrisetogether.org. Again, that's weallrisetogether.org. And you go to the Advocate for Change section, which you'll find right at the top header there. Click on that, and you'll see a brief overview of the key findings. Uh, this question is for both Anthony and Eric. I want to get a sense from you is what percentage of uh, young people, say, in high school are actually getting uh, any kind of screening or preventive screening at all to determine whether they need help and then, f and then further 
uh, help if they need it. Um, and is this something that can be just done on a volunteer basis, or does this need, uh, speaking as a progressive, to be an actual policy that's adopted by school districts and pushed by state government in order to get to scale and make sure every young person in Wisconsin um, has the opportunity, quite frankly, to, to have some screening assessment made so you can see whether they, they need more, more help, more intervention, and potential, potentially more treatment? Uh, sure, I'll start with that. Thanks, Robert. Um, you know, one of the positive things uh, that we have uh, going on in the state of Wisconsin right now, and, and, and Anthony has been instrumental in, in helping us move this, is uh, right now we have a very kind of small, limited program um, that helps train existing school staff to have these very conversations. Um, we view this as a really positive first step. Um, their program, uh, which, which trains folks like your school social workers, uh, your uh, school nurses, um, really trains them on how to do a wellness assessment. Um, you're basically able to ask a young person questions related to substance use, and based on what the responses are, can help them guide uh, what next steps might need to be taken. Um, and this is all done, uh, like I said, with complete confidentiality. A young person can talk to somebody who's trusted, and if they're having, showing some signs of having some potential problems, you're able to intervene early. Um, and we want to make sure that more and more schools in the state of Wisconsin adopt this, uh, because really it is about the health and well-being of young people. You know, we have schools that uh, that ask questions about all sorts of health-related issues of their young people, and we want to make sure substance abuse and substance misuse is one of those things. So right now, our coalition is is working to uh, push and work with school districts to really adopt this program. It doesn't do enough. Um, it's I'll be very upfront about that. It's not going to reach every single student, but it does start by uh, reaching students that may be showing signs of needing to have these conversations. But we look at this as a really big building block to ensuring that every young person has these resources at their disposal and has somebody that they can talk to honestly about uh, substance use and mental health related issues. Yeah, so I was actually just going to add in with what I'm seeing working with the school so directly and, and being in front of the students. Typically, we're not finding enough resources to have this type of conversation. Um, ultimately, when we go in, our job is not only to provide an excellent educational seminar that helps talk about these issues around substance abuse and uh, mental health awareness, but also when you go into uh, leaving the school environment after we spark this conversation. We have individuals that are reaching out to us for help, um, whether that's online or directly right after the presentation, which we do help mentor and get to local resources. Um, but ultimately, we're also hearing a public concern that there isn't enough um, individuals to work with these students within the school environment that are educated enough on this topic. So I don't think there's really any need to wait for us not to have more of a universal program for individuals to actually have this conversation as Eric was describing. Um, I'm having students that are literally, and this is this is kind of a hardship for me to see every week, but I'm faced with students that are brought to tears, family members that are brought to tears that are literally begging and asking for help, and yet we are unable to deliver that because whether that's social stigma, lack of resources, lack of support from all sides, whether that's community or from a government-based support, um, it's really unfortunate that we're facing this epidemic and we're losing thousands of people on a monthly basis all across the United States. And here we have a part, a small piece of a potential solution to drive a more positive atmosphere around our youth community. And yet 
it's not being implemented on a universal level. So in part, we hope to continue to advocate this structure and this program so someday we will have that in place. I just can't figure out why it's not already being done. Absolutely great. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us today and for, for all the work you're doing with young people in the state of Wisconsin. I mean, your voice is really, you know, been rising and rising, so to speak, uh, over the course of the last year. And, you know, we really look forward to continuing to work with you uh, into the future as we as we do move to ensure that every young person is able to have these conversations early and that we're able to help more and more folks, you know, stay on that healthy path and, and off the road of, of a lifelong and life-threatening um, substance addictions. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Uh, we're going to continue to move forward, and, you know, as part of the coalition. Looking forward to this new year in 2016. I think we have some great work ahead of us, and we've already accomplished so much already within the last two years. And in part, all of us together are going to make one huge difference. So, Eric, would it be appropriate for our members to contact you if they're interested in trying to get their school to adopt screening and uh, and treatment programs? Absolutely. I can share with you the website to see uh, a little bit more information and uh, how you can contact me. You just visit www.citizenactionwiedfund.org slash SBIRT, S-B-I-R-T. That's www.citizenactionwiedfund.org backslash SBIRT. We know that this is an issue that's impacting folks all across the state. And people want to take action. People want to see some change happening in their communities to start addressing this issue. Um, and we are more than happy and more than willing to work with anybody around the state uh, to help start uh, bringing this conversation into their communities and to their schools to make sure we can start uh, making sure more young people are, are reached early on this issue. So, Anthony, we usually have this tradition, which is the weekend furlough. It, it could be what you're doing this weekend or just something you recommend that's fun to do in, in your region of the state. Yeah, well, we actually have an event section right on our website, so I think the best thing is to do is just go right back to weallrisetogether.org. All of our upcoming events is under the Take Action section. So we have not only our events, but we also have upcoming events that are um, going on throughout the state. Uh, for example, there's a huge conference here in the Appleton area on October 8th, which is the Day for Hope. Excellent conference. Uh, even the old Celtics basketball player, Chris Aaron, is going to be speaking at this event, and there's going to be live music from a couple of local artists, and it's just going to be a really awesome celebration of recovery. So if you want to check that out, just go right on our website, and you can register. What are you doing this weekend, Anthony? Um, this weekend, I'm just going to be hanging out with my family. I'm just going to be hanging out with the kids, just spending a little time with some friends, and taking it easy before we take off to D.C. in about a week. Great. Okay, and Eric? I, uh, I am actually going to be working with um, some of our Citizen Action members uh, to discuss this very program on Sunday. Um, so I'm looking forward to having that conversation and looking at how we can uh, start uh, working with school districts here in Milwaukee County to advance this work around substance use. Um, so that is, that is the big thing on my agenda. Um, tomorrow I intend to try to sleep in a bit and uh, got some stuff to do around the house. So not a lot of quote-unquote fun happening for me. <laughs> And the Dr. Craig? Oh, I was going to pass. Um, <laughs> no pass. Well, my nephew Delano is going to come volunteer this afternoon at Citizen Action of Wisconsin, and maybe I'll take the boy the out to dinner, Delano. though he has a limited menu of uh, favorite foods. So I have to find some place that has uh, chicken fingers and, uh, and good craft beer. 
Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Now, I want to thank Eric Kirkstein, healthcare organizer at Citizen Action Wisconsin, and Anthony Alvarado for rising together for a very uh, informative discussion and something that I, I hope really gets on the radar screen of our listeners. So thank you, and we'll be back with a regular podcast again uh, next week.